I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. All right. Um, I don't know. It just felt right. I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to start doing different things to see if anyone's even paying attention. Because I don't think anyone cares. Well, it's the first thing they hear. I hope they're paying attention. You know, otherwise, we're not, we're starting with a low bar. Well, maybe it's like one of those series that you watch that says, do you want to skip the intro? I hope they don't. Is there an option? That's, that's a, there's not an option. I mean, I guess anyone can fast forward. Well, is, I, it, is it a cassette tape we're listening on? Is that the, can you skip to track two? Well, look, if, if anyone out there is listening and you're sick of the intro, you can't skip it. You gotta sit through it. You just gotta Gotta listen to it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. um, To Karen Keating. So, another class uh, alum from class of 2003 tonight. Tonight we're talking to Emily King Brown. Applause track. Come on down. You're the next guest on Hornets Reunite. Applause. What's the Gaga song? Applause, she applause, lives for the applause, applause, yeah. Live for the applause, applause, live for the applause, applause. Yeah. That's a good old song from back in the 2010s. And you and Emily were in um, Footloose together. We were. Um, she was rusty. She was rusty. Let's yes. hear it, boy. In, in the Footloose. Yep. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. I do want to tell you all about our Patreon page. It is something we have launched recently. Uh, We thank everyone who has joined as uh, sponsors. It just helps us create more art in a space for folks. It helps us fund projects we've been dreaming about doing, um, things we've dreamed up during the pandemic. And we're so grateful and appreciative to everybody, and a lot of them SU alum, who have signed up uh, to help support us. We really are truly moved by it. and we're working on making some really cool stuff for you all very soon. So to find out more, just go to Patreon and search Connor and Smith, Connor with an E-R. You can also find the link in this description of the episode. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Thanks. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, it's been a minute. It sure has. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Matt. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, <laughs> That's my theme jingle. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hello. Hi there. Um, we are all three, of course, SU alum. Yes. Um, Wait, can I just point out right from the top for anyone who's listening across the universe yeah for some reason emily i know that we have not really met a lot i did see you in footloose uh-huh. your voice sounds incredible even on the podcast <laughs> thanks but for some reason when people put on headphones and start podcasting they forget that um they are you know that that we they they forget that no they forget that they can't can only hear us and then like halfway through they start doing things with their fingers oh interesting and all of a sudden you're like what are they doing are they like eating chips and <laughs> but they can't hear anything because they're wearing headphones right, just, right. Kind all of, the ambient noise is just piling up yeah it's kind of cute i'm always like maybe we should like send out a little memo so if anyone's listening 
and you're going to join this sort of incredible uh, walk down memory lane, you do not need your headphones unless you can can focus on not eating chips. Okay, great. Perfect. Well, that's, I think that that's a great memo to send out. I feel like that should definitely be incorporated in the future um, for you guys. <laughs> hey, hey, where, where are you? Uh, currently I'm right now, right now I'm in California. I'm in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've been out here for a couple weeks doing a project, um, helping somebody develop a, a one-man show, a cabaret. And um, so, yeah, helping him develop that through the writing and uh, structure. And then um, I also helped, uh, we did one performance, you know, just to kind of get it out there. And um, I, I sang back up for him as well. So that was really fun. It was a really fun little adventure. And um, I'm still here doing some other creative work before I head back to the East Coast. Was the one-man show a... Um based on real life experiences. Yes, yes, it is It is this person's life um, and which is very interesting and has a lot of twists and turns. So, um, and I think that he has a really um, charming and and funny way of, yeah, of, of bringing humor obviously to some some pretty dark circumstances, so. Where's the, where do you come back to the East Coast to, New York? Um, yeah, I've been spending my time, you know, I was in New York. Um, I've lived in New York for primarily my entire adult adult life at this point. Um, but after at the end of 2020, I mean, like so many of us, I mean, I was sitting in my New York City apartment with my best friend and roommate. Um, and, you know, she was like kind of moving on and moving in with a boyfriend. And so the apartment was kind of in flux. And I was like, you know what, I don't need to pay rent right now. Um, you know, or at least New York City rent. So I decided after spending about nine months in, um, you know, just sitting on my couch um, to to go back to Richmond, Virginia, which is where I'm from, born and raised, um, and to spend some time with my family and to just kind of, you know, as you know, as performers, um, quite often you miss special events, you know, you miss birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and, and all of that. So it was just nice to be like, I don't think I'm going to get this time back as far as the pandemic, you know, um, of having so little to do, um, at least traveling wise, um, as a performer. So yeah, I went back to Richmond for, um, yeah, I guess a little over a year now. Um, so well, gosh, like more than a year, year and a half at least. Um, so, so it's been good. It's been a really nice, uh, reintroduction to Richmond. It's a much cooler city than when I was growing up. So I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. I can do this. I can do this. So it's been, it's been really nice. Did you ever do the theater four thing? I didn't. I have tons of friends that did, but I never went through theater four. Emily Skinner did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not better than Emily Skinner. So. <laughs> but you were in sideshow. I was, I was. Yeah, okay, I, I'm just gonna say this. When Sideshow came out, that's that CD. Can we still say it's a CD? Yeah. It was a CD. Yeah. When that when I, when a roommate of mine in Washington D.C. played that CD, I thought it was gonna blow up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it was. Was that like the beginning of like female like uh, belting off? I mean, we already had chess and stuff. We already yeah. had belt, but there was so, something about the mix between Alice and um, yeah Emily. I agree. Yeah, there was something very uh, visceral that, um, yeah, that kind of just, I, I, I completely agree. And it's still that way. I mean, I when I did Sideshow, um, it, you know, 
the the expectation is still to have that emotional power behind um the mix so it was yeah it's i mean they're they're incredible and um alice actually came and did a workshop with us when we were doing sideshow um she was in southern southern california at the time and um again just the insight that she brought to to those characters and to the show was really meaningful oh that's so fun yeah Oh my gosh, we, we, if anyone wants to explore what episode was on, we talked about the private concert we had with Alice Ripley in oh. Alexandria, Virginia for one night only. She sang with her guitar with me and Steven and another friend and we had a <laughs> private concert. It was so cool. And I hope if they make a, a, like a movie of our podcast that we can put it in there somehow. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. She is incredible. Um, she really is. So um that's that sounds incredible. I would love to see that. Let me send me that footage. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were in Richmond, yeah, growing up, did you always know as a youngster that you wanted to twirl around? <laughs> I did. Yeah, you know, my my earliest memories um, were of me watching the television and watching Tina Turner and Michael Jackson and um, Tina Turner to this day is still one of my idols. I mean, I think that she's just a phenomenal human and her story is incredible. So, um, so yeah, those are my earliest memories though, is like going in front of the mirror and being like, and dancing like Michael Jackson and Billie Jean. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think I always knew, but I was pretty shy growing up. So I always knew, and I always would sing, you know, I grew up, um, in the church. So my parents, I was saying a lot in, in church choirs and, um, so, you know, gospel and, uh, and sacred music were kind of like my foundation. Um, but I was very, very nervous to sing in front of people or perform in front of people. So I wasn't one of those kids that the self-expression was like, they want to perform for their parents' parties and stuff. That was not me. I was like, no, I'm going to bed. Goodbye. <laughs> so um, it was definitely a progression. I had to kind of find my footing and find my confidence. And what helped doing that? Was it like, um, did you, did you, what was the first like theater shows you started to get into? What was that transition? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I did, you know, some theater shows in churches and I think that that really, um, <laughs> which is hilarious looking back. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I, I think that just being comfortable, getting comfortable on some sort of, some sort of stage in front of an audience, um, was was the way to go you know and you just have to throw yourself out there and try it you know and um I will say when I was in first grade I got my first solo <laughs> and in a school in a school play like a school presentation and I was like oh great I got the solo awesome and it was like a complete solo piece it wasn't just a solo in a song and when it came time for the dress rehearsal I hid in a closet <laughs> <laughs> And I had my teacher came and got me and I was like, yeah, I'm good in here. Like, I don't I don't really feel like this is the right choice for me. <laughs> and um, but eventually the teacher like, you know, it was very sweet. I mean, I was in first grade. They held my hand through the dress rehearsal and I did it. I sang and then I was like, oh, oh, OK, I can do this. So they're in the palm of my hand. That's correct. Look at them all watching and listening. <laughs> I'm going to get gifts. Exactly. 
so, so that was kind of the real beginning of me being comfortable with that. And then, you know, church plays, things like that. My parents weren't art artists. They didn't, um, grow up performing or uh, doing anything particularly artistic. So for them, they didn't really know what to do with me. Um, they were very encouraging and are still very supportive to this day, but they, you know, they're like, well, let's try the church stuff, right? Cause that's free and you're around people that we trust. And, um, and then, and then eventually they started to take me to some little, um, auditions around Richmond. Um, I never got involved with Spark, which is a very popular um, uh, performing arts school in Richmond, which is incredible. Um, but I did some other things like with the county, they have little county um, kind of like parks and recreation projects and shows. And so I did some of those. And then um, I did when I went to middle school, I, of course, I sang in like a, a show choir and that sort of thing. But it really wasn't until high school that I started to do uh, plays and musicals um, in the grand scale. And, and do you remember what your high school musicals were? Oh, of course. <laughs> like it was yesterday. Um, yeah, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. I, <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Stephen. Um, so my first musical was Fiddler on the Roof and I played Hava. Yeah, which was a big deal because I was like a little freshman. Nobody knew I was coming into a new high school from a middle school that was not connected to the high school. So really no one knew me and I just went out there and sang my little heart out and um yeah as a freshman i got one of those little roles one of the yeah so you're the one that runs away against your father's yeah. wishes that's correct yeah i dance um, in ballet uh-huh all of that you're the problem child i totally absolutely the rebel yeah although you never know what's going to happen with bielka and spritza right you know? yeah we don't know their story is yet to be told i mean i i think that they probably were worse than hava <laughs> well after they saw what you know all the sisters went through they were like yeah we're gonna we're gonna do this ourselves we're gonna we're gonna move to america and become <laughs> lesbians <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Can you guys please write that journey? I want to see that on stage. I think it's called Rags. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Rags is the sequel to Fiddler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love but, it. But I, I don't think it. Spritza or Bielka are in it, nor are they lesbians, allegedly. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, we've got Rags, but I really want their story. So, um, you know, yeah. let me know when you're on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll totally start research tomorrow. Um, what uh, okay so fiddler on the roof we had what what was the next step for you this is okay. this i know this sounds like pedantic but it fascinates me high school musical yeah. stuff fascinates me right? so what what was your next one well i did a play i think i did the play like my sophomore year so i don't think i was al i was allowed to do the plays in my freshman year i can't remember exactly but i'm pretty sure that's accurate so my sophomore year I like ended up doing I think that we did like rumors or something you know by Neil Simon um in which I had a part and then we did yeah my sophomore year I was what was I oh it was the sound of music and I played Liesl aha uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> so what was senior year like for you oh uh, senior year um yeah senior year was good I mean I really I really had a fantastic 
music director, um, well, choir director, um, um, Rebecca Tyree, who is, has since left us on this side of, of, of life, but um, she was phenomenal. Um, and her, she, again, she was just kind of this musical savant and um, didn't really treat us like kids, you know? I mean, she understood high schoolers so well, but like she was really... Um, inviting us to become musicians and um, I'm so grateful for her um, and also you know um, Miss Steele Teresa Steele she was our theater teacher and um, again similar similar energies they wanted us to um, to be creative and to um, make choices and so I'm very very grateful for that the program at large so I got to do things like the crucible and um, which isn't that uncommon or in a high school situation, but it's a dark play, man. <laughs> it's dark. Um, and uh, we ended up doing, you know, something silly like Bye Bye Birdie in our, um, that was my, my junior year. And then my senior year, I played Maria in the sound, in, not in the sound of music, Maria in West Side Story, which problematic. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, first of all, I was like, wait, they repeated Sound of Music like within two years. I would have felt so ripped. Right. Um, so now Maria we, and West Side yeah. Story. Yeah, we did West Side. So it was pretty, uh, I mean, it was an awesome experience. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously looking back, you're like, yeah, um, I am not Puerto Rican. So, um, but that didn't stop me from doing West Side Story at least three more times. So. <laughs> right. What, what was that? Uh, how was your your intro to SU? Did did that come through those teachers or some other source? They did actually. Rebecca Tyree was friends with, um, and I think her and her, she was a a mentee of Dean Ensminger. I don't remember if you remember Dean, but he um, he's a song. He's like a um, composer, and um, he wrote some incredible like choral pieces, and also really kind of was large in that world. And so he um, was doing something at SU, I believe, was it the summer before? Yeah, it was like the summer before, um, or two summers before I went to SU. And so I was like, I'm gonna go work with Dean. I think that that sounds awesome and lovely and wonderful. And um, you know, uh, of course, we had private voice lessons as well. And that's when I met Donna Goldstrand. Um, she was my private voice teacher that summer. And, um, when I auditioned for SU, um, you know, she was like, yes, I'll be taking her as my voice student as well. So, uh, so that was really my big introduction is through the summer program, um, the music program. Okay. So, so you auditioned, you got in, mm -hmm. this was 1999 was your first year there? That's correct. Yeah. So still in the late 90s, mm -hmm. um, arriving, what was, this is a, a thing we frequently ask, but I'm always, what was your impression of the campus? Like, did you know, like, when you went there, oh, this is it, just from the feeling you got? Or was it like, uh, oh, God, this is it? Um, <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, for me, and I've, I have, um, I have, you know, I have students that I coach and a lot of people deciding on where to go. And I still say that I, when I went to the campus of SU, um, I loved, again, I loved going to the summer program. So I already felt comfortable there. And um, I, and of course, um, the, the facility was brand new at the time. They had just really built that. 
um, the new theater and the new classrooms. And so everything felt very bright and fresh and new. And I did like that it was very, um, it was small. I didn't, um, I went to a bunch of other schools and auditioned and, you know, thought about trying to go to school in New York or a larger program uh, like Florida State. But when it came down to it, I really liked the individual attention um, and, and I liked the curriculum. Um, so for me, it did feel really, it felt, it felt like home. And I was like, that's, that's where I want to be while I'm, while I'm working on my craft. And, and what was your, um, were you in Racy the first year as a freshman? I was, yes. God bless. Um, God, God bless me. I know I lived with Liz O'Donnell my first year. We were, we were roommates. So that was shocking. <laughs> um, it's funny, full discretion. We just talked to T. Scott Ross last night. Amazing. Um, and, and we will get to it, but Into the Woods came up. Um, yes. And we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> Good. What was your, what was your, like, so you got there, you all were there after Lindy left. So you, you didn't get the chance of working with Lindy, right? Um, she came back and directed some things, but she wasn't as, as active. And so that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were primarily working with either Hal or like Wade Franson, right? Yes. Bode Bauer. Bode. Oh my God. Yeah. Pike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never took from Baudet, but I've heard lots of Baudet stories. Lots of Baudet stories. Love Baudet. Um, and what was, what were some of like the highlight shows? We'll get to Into the Woods, but before that, what were some of the like highlight shows that you can recall and, and like still like love? They bring a smile to your face when you think about them in your four years there. Or directing projects. Or directing projects, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, as you know, it's, it's, um, it can be challenging to get into shows as a freshman. So, um, you know, as far as the musicals were concerned that um, I didn't get into any musicals my freshman year, although I was, I believe I was called back for something. I can't remember, but um, <laughs> but what I did get to work on, which um, was is how I met T. Scott Ross, is um, our first show uh, with Wade Franson. It was the kids show. And we, I think it was Rebel Stiltskin. Was it Rebel Stiltskin? With Josh, Josh Farner. Yes. Yes. And we had a blast. Like we, we had a blast. It was so much fun. Scott and I became fast friends because we were like maybe the only freshmen in the show. And, um, and Wade Franson is such a, he, <laughs> he's such a, a weirdo. And I mean, in the, in the best way, like he, he would just play with us and let us play. And I, I had a great time in that show. So that was my first, um, I, I loved doing that. Um, just and, just and, real quick, I yeah. want to put a, a pin there yeah. and just say, Josh Farner, it was that year, because um, that was the, the fall show, right? Yes, it was. I believe so, yeah. And right before Christmas break, um, Josh like really liked his experience with Wade, and, oh, and yeah. he came back to... I, I was hanging out with him and some other guys, so I, I, probably over at... Uh, pie boys flat kind yep. of and uh he said i think i did something like bad today uh because we were about to go on break and he said uh i ran into wade in the hall and i said i didn't know what to say and i i wanted to say merry christmas but i didn't know if he was jewish or not and then i didn't get happy holidays out but i knew holiday 
And he said, and I said in the end, uh, Mr. Franson, uh, tell your wife good holiday. <laughs> and, and then he just kind of like awkwardly walked away, but Wade kind of looked at him like, you know my wife? <laughs> <laughs> just a fun little Josh. Oh my God. Go is, ahead, go ahead, yes. unpin. No, no, that's hilarious. No, we had we had a blast in that show. And um, I feel like I had many an awkward interaction with Wade Franson. And but it but it also just made me laugh all the time. Um, because it was like, did that did that happen? Did we <laughs> exchange pleasantries in the most awkward way humanly possible? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so I understand, Josh. Um so that was fantastic and that was really wonderful and then um i don't really remember what happened in the spring session of that year other than i started to get into directing projects mm -hmm. um which was a big part of my my time at su um i was so hungry and eager to work and to learn and to grow and you know not being in a show was like unthinkable <laughs> so um so yeah I started auditioning for directing projects and um yeah I mean that was a huge like I said a just a huge uh uh confidence booster too so um and and it's what I love to do I love to I love the process and then of course doing it one night is always kind of a thrill kind of like a we'll see what happens um but the process was um, was really wonderful. And I loved working with so many different directors. It, it was always almost like, you know, the big uh, main stage musicals were like the big studio films and yeah. all the directing projects were like the indies. Excellent metaphor. Absolutely. And people like Gorilla marketed them and like yeah. photocopied flyers and like, you yeah. know, all of that. Um, yeah. And you could you could see some stinkers. It was like going to the fringe festival, yeah. you know. You could see some really amazing shit, or you could be like, "Oh, this yeah. one's undercooked." You yeah, know? exactly. What happened here? Um, but you know, again, those were always just such. Everyone was always so supportive, though. I, you know, they were always intrigued um, by coming and seeing them, and so, like you said, I think that that was kind of like the indie world of of acting and of um, and of uh, theater. So I thought that that was a really fun experience for <clears throat> for everyone, whether you're watching or whether you're you know involved. Um, so so yeah, I think that 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 spring I did my directing project with Brian Gardner, um, who was. Mm -hmm doll to work with he's a lovely he was a lovely director and um that's really how i kind of started to i guess get noticed i mean or you know or seen by my peers and others as um i guess a serious actor <laughs> so um so yeah i um i started doing that and then the the wonderful thing about kind of freshman year was that you know there's all this all this exploration of course and learning but then um so happy that I was, I was able to be a part of the, um, basically the intern group of SSMT. And, um, there were only that year, only two girls got in. It was me and Sarah Davis. And then it was like five boys. <laughs> and so all the boys worked in the costume shop and Sarah Davis and I were in the scene shop. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, I mean, I kind of loved it because I actually love using a power tool and um, it kind of kept me active and, you know, just 
it actually was great, but it was just very funny at the time. <laughs> um, and, and this was all throughout your, did you, how many times did you do the uh, SSMT? Well, the first year, you know, after our freshman year, I was an intern. And then after that, I was, you know, full ensemble. I think I did it for three years total. Cause I didn't do, yeah, three years. I didn't do it after my senior year. So um, in between each season of time, except for after I graduated. Um, so then the Footloose must have been 2002. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always say it's 2003. I'm really bad with. <laughs> it was 2002 because that's when I moved here and I came and saw you. Right. Yeah. right. It was 2002 because I graduated the next, like the following May, which was 2003. So, yeah. So I was, um, yeah, that was, it was the summer between my junior and senior year. And I just have to get your take on it because I asked T. Scott. Um, yeah. Because and Ryan and Matt are you guys can like leave the room and roll your eyes, but it, <laughs> I don't remember who did the set, whether it's Bill or Mac. But I just it's the opening of the show always made me laugh because it said dancing in Chicago. Yeah, and I remember showing up for tech the first day and looking and being like, huh? huh? <laughs> yes, that's, that's really literal. Is it the name of the club dancing in Chicago? Yes, it was something ridiculous like that. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I guess that's, okay. Th that's a vision. Yeah, just just like a neon psych and big yes. Luan cutout words. And- uh, Sounds about right, Steve. Absolutely. And just the most garish clothes I've ever worn on a stage, you know? Oh my God, we- Because they were going for that, like they were going for a 90s look, not an 80s look. Yes, but it was. we were like, why? The yeah. 80s were so much cooler. Yeah, I think I was in pants that were like almost Jankos that are like so yes. wide. Yes. And I was I like, that's an interesting choice for a dance musical. Exactly. Um, like we couldn't even see your legs. They were like tubes and then you had this belt. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the main one that I remember you in is like the, those pants with like this belt and like this like tank top. Yeah. And that's basically, yeah. The, oh God, it's such a funny show. That show has come up in my life so many times, actually. You played Rusty in that iteration and like tore the roof off of the theater. <laughs> oh, thanks. With was... Let's Hear It for the Boy and yeah. Somebody's Eyes. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> that was an interesting <clears throat> one. Um, I had a good time. It was, I did the show again, like the next year. That's why I get confused. Oh, wow. Okay. I did it at Toby Center Theater out in <laughs> Maryland. But yeah. um, so what happens? So you have, okay, now this takes us to Into the Woods, your senior year. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what your fall musical was. Was it HMS Pinafore or something like that? Oh no, uh, our senior year, that was the fall musical. It was Into the Woods. It was, yes, which was, so it was kind of anticlimactic. Our senior year was a little anticlimactic in this way, only because like we did Into the Woods our, in the fall season. And then the spring musical was Carnival. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, so Into the Woods, was an odd experience it was fantastic and also you know kind of scary too <laughs> excited um, and scared yeah excited and scared naturally um but we were thrilled i mean we had done one other sondheim piece which we did merrily um our junior year which mm -hmm. um, 
which was really cool. It was cool just to like be, a, I was in the ensemble for that. Um, I didn't have a role, um, but so doing Into the Woods and um, it was intense. I'm, I'm not gonna even lie. I remember the, the auditions and the callbacks were, people were, people were out, out and about to get those roles. And, um, and yeah, there were some surprises as far as casting, but there was also just some, I mean, some, most of them wonderful. Um, but, um, but yeah, so the, I, I was cast as the witch and, um, uh, that, I mean, that's what I wanted. I went for the witch. I wanted the witch and then that's what I got. So I was, uh, thrilled. Um, and, uh, yes, T. Scott Ross played the baker <laughs> and, um, you would have made a better Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? No, that's what Hal told him. Oh. <laughs> Even after they were done. And he was oh. like, well, thank you for giving me this, this opportunity. Yeah. I still think you would have made a better Jack. <laughs> yeah, Hal's vision of Jack, although like I loved like our Jacks were um, Rylan Dodge and um, Harry Culpepper. They were double cast. It was still a little... It was strange Hal's vision of what Jack should be, which I'm not going to go off on a long tangent on it, but we were like, huh, <laughs> we didn't really understand some of his visions for the characters. Um, but regardless, um, we went into rehearsals and um, everyone was just really on their shit. You know, um, again, people were there, they wanted to do it. And um, so it was a, it, it was a small, it, as you know, it's a smaller show. So we didn't have the, there was no one, no ensemble that was like backing us up or anything like that. So it was one of those experiences that you're really, um, it's a, obviously an ensemble piece, but um, a lot of opportunity for, shining of course each and each each person gets a moment to shine um but also there's a lot less distraction from those those moments so um if something isn't working i think it's way more apparent in those moments um so <laughs> so yeah i mean i had a great time um i thought it was kind of stressful too for me because i had a um we really went kind of intense intensely into the makeup portion of the experience for me. So I love the process per usual. The process was incredible. But once we started putting on costumes, that got really stressful for me um, because everything was super heavy. Like my, my costume was like these huge sagging tits that were like <laughs> at least 10 pounds each. Um, <laughs> dragging you know this dra this dress dragging along the ground for the you know for the the ugly witch and then of course a huge cloak very heavy and then um i had a mask awesome like um silicone mask and but they like glued it to my face and mm. I had to, you know, as you know, there's a transformation in this show. And well, if you don't know, you know, you know. And um, they- I'm I, shocked. Yes, you're shook. You couldn't believe it. <laughs> Stop the show. Um, but yeah, I had to do all of my, my makeup and be ready for that transformation. And then they glued this, this like, you know, mask to my face. And so- this was before, I mean, and I was gr really good at makeup. I'm not, you know, like that was something I was really good at and was like prided myself in, but like 
this was the type of thing that I didn't have the proper tools for. Um, I didn't have the things that were really like keeping the, the sweat away other than powder. And I'm a sweater. So I was drenched, dr absolutely drenched. And they wanted me to use my actual hair, which is like this curly mop that um, at the time was um, red. And so all of that had to be like, ready to go underneath this mask and the wig and the robe and the, it was it was stressful and so and so as much as I loved loved it that part was was kind of crazy because in addition to that I had to do the transformation by myself behind a scrimmed tree and it was really it was it was really hard they didn't do a double for me um, you know, like that transformation, that moment right before the transformation, like I have to do this cross and go up behind the tree and then transform, come back out. And, you know, I was like begging them. I was like, please just put someone in this cloak and have this moment. And then I'll just be back there. And I'll just have already had the time to, you know, look decent. And, um, so I remember just being so stressed out. Um, and then on top of that, during tech, um, <laughs> the, you know, we had flash pots and all sorts of crazy tech going on. And I literally almost got blown up. Like my dress caught on fire. Like it was like popped right in front of me. And I, <laughs> you know. oh God. And, yeah. And Jason Mark, who was playing the, the mysterious man, like his wig, like, like he was getting singed. His like wig got singed, all this crazy stuff. So, but, but of course, in typical Hal fashion, it was like, are you okay? Yeah, I think so. He's like, okay, keep going. <laughs> like there was no, there was no fire safety, huge pause. Like I just kind of like ran off stage and I guess was checked out. I can't even remember. I'm sure it was kind of a traumatic moment for me. At this uh, time. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen the next time. Yep. Get away. Get out of the way of the fire. Oh my okay, God. Well, sure, 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 sure. Um, so yeah, I, as for all the wonderful things about Into the Woods, it was so satisfying to do that show and to play that role, but it was, it was stressful. I'm, I'm guessing that the spring auditions for Carnival weren't as cutthroat. <laughs> you know, they weren't. Um, in fact, I, uh, a couple of us were like, you know what, we're like, I'm not going to audition for this. Like, I feel like Into the Woods was my, that was it for me. You know, like right. I don't need to be in the ensemble of, carnival or play um you know a, a smaller role honestly you know at that point you know we were all also doing like our senior shows and just getting ready to graduate so um so yeah it was a different experience um for sure um what happened for you after graduation like I mean I know that there's a lot of time between now and then yes. but like uh what what kind of was your path that you took that kind of landed you to where you kind of are now yeah well you know, I, um, I did audition for some grad schools and, um, all of them were like, yeah, we don't think you, some, some things were lovely. Like, we don't really think you need to be here right now. You just graduated from a conservatory, like go and work. And, and that's my, mainly what I got from them. But, you know, I was thinking more on the lines of I should go to grad school. I should get a, you know, a formal, um, MFA and, 
that way I'll be set up, you know, because all the people that I had seen on in Broadway, on Broadway and in Broadway pro um, playbills, etc. Um, were all, had all been to like, you know, MFA, NYU, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, so that is something that I did an audition for. But again, I kind of kept getting the same thing over and over again, like, we think you're okay right now. Like we I don't know, maybe in five years, come back, if you really feel like you need it. But um, or of course, I just didn't hear anything. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, so that was a part of that, because I really did love like the education process. But I always knew that I wanted to go to New York, period. And um, I wanted to start working, but I also wanted to be in New York. So that's what I did. I, um, I, I did do West Side Story um, after I graduated that summer. Hello. We lost you. Oh, weird. Yeah, it was still rolling and recording, but I, I could hear you, but I guess you couldn't hear me. No worries. Okay. Well, um, so we, New York. we, we were in New York. Um, I, I see that you have, besides, you know, continuing your theatrical journey, which you have, mm -hmm. you've, you've also kind of just kept adding commas to things, um, <laughs> voiceover work, film work, like, yeah. All of it has just kind of a, a podcast I see, mm -hmm. makeup work, like mm -hmm. you just kind of took your craft and just tried to widen out your your reach in as many ways as possible. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. You know, a multi-hyphenate is uh, definitely an accurate term, I guess, for me. I don't know any creatives or true creatives that aren't multi-hyphenate, you know? I mean, I feel like we at... Um, creativity begets creativity. So I think that there, and especially if you're curious and interested in the world and you have cer certain skill sets, or if you want to learn a certain skill set, um, I feel that artists are those people that generally are, they'll dive in and just try something. And, um, that's always been a part of a big part of me is my curiosity and, um, trying new things. So, um, but you know, I always, wanted to uh, make sure that I was putting acting at the forefront and, and, and singing. Um, but, you know, your life goes through cycles of, of time when maybe those things are not coming to you as, as readily or as easily. And um, it doesn't matter if how talented you are, or even sometimes how hard you work, sometimes the timing is just not right. And that's just, if that's, if there's one thing that I, you know, want people to know is that your timing is your timing, you know, and that's something that I've really had to trust and, um, and focus on, you know, and not looking over at my neighbor and being like, but they are doing that. And these people are here and they're on Broadway and they're doing this. It's like, yes, all those things are, are definitely, um, things that I want or have wanted, but, um, making sure that, you know, I'm keeping my eyes on my own plate in some ways is then very, really helpful. Um, so you said you'd always wanted to go to New York, period. Like when you yeah. got there, was it everything you dreamed it would be? I love living in New York. So for the first thing, um, obviously you kind of have to, the thing I tell, you know, people that are thinking about moving to New York is that first of all, the first couple of years, you got to learn how to live there. Um, in my opinion, you got to learn how to live in New York and whether that's getting your day job or, you know, figuring out um, gigs, whatever that looks like, you got to figure out what's the best for you, how you're going to feel most comfortable, um, where you want to live, all those things. It's just, it's really Im imperative in my mind to make sure that you, if you want to live there, you know how to live there. So um, that takes some time, you know, and takes some adjustment, especially if you're somebody that has never lived anywhere else or never moved from your hometown or um, even your, the house you're born in, you know, it, it takes time and energy. Um, 
to and it's not for everybody. You it's know? not. And that is absolutely true. And I think that that is exactly the point too, is that the first couple of years, you need to figure out if you even like living there, if it's even worth it for you to, to be there for your own health, mental health and sanity and just lifestyle. You know, um, I, I went for like a week yeah. to do a workshop mm-hmm. and I, a week is not enough time. I get it. However, in that week, on my way to rehearsal, a rat ran over my boot. Yeah. Um, I um, That almost made me cry. Uh, all I wanted and all I could afford was the dollar slices of pizza. Mm-hmm. But that constantly made gave me the poops. You yeah. know, it was just like a thing. That all sounds amazing to me. I don't know if I know. <laughs> I was like rats and pizza poops. This is fantastic. <laughs> sounds like New York. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the student center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, but that that is that's the experience, and that those are that's a rite of passage for sure. But again, to your point, like if it's just not for you, it's just not for you, and that is okay. Um, and I that's what I try to tell people too. If it's not for you, that is okay. Now it's a bit different now than it was obviously when I first went to New York, as far as self tapes and not having to really live in New York full time to work there or to get cast out of New York. Um, so that's a huge thing that I've seen shift for, I think for the better. Um, because I do think that, um, people's lives they have to they have to have a life outside of their work and if you can't fully enjoy that life in new york um then you should be able to live elsewhere and still be an actor so i'm excited about like all of that even though it is challenging to do your own self tapes etc and being in the room is always fantastic um i i just i've seen that shift over the pandemic and i'm actually down with it um, let's talk about the lib tarts <laughs> yeah 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 um, well, you know, <laughs> I've always been somebody that's, uh, loved to perform comedy, um, and write my own stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've always found a home in comedy. And, um, so Liz Eckert Ross, uh, she and I, she kind of reached out to me a couple years ago and, um, you know, she was like, I'm kind of doing some writing and some filmmaking and, um, just curious if you're interested in kind of coming aboard, you know, being a part of the writing team and the development team and of course performing and these sketches. And I was like, yeah. And um, and so we started, you know, we started writing, we started um, just figuring out what was going to work for us too. And um, to me, the biggest thing that I've, I feel that I've learned is the branding process too for actors and artists and um not that it's all about the brand i mean i think authenticity is very important but even authenticity is a brand so for me it was really imperative that we knew we had a point of view on the world and uh, a point of view as women and as artists and as of course now there's there are moms in the group and educators and aunties so so yeah so you know i i kind of came up with the name um lib tarts because well there's a you know a very famous or infamous um derogatory term um that 
I guess, the right <laughs> uses for liberal, you know, liberal people. And that's also pr can be pretty like damaging to, you know, kind of a, well, it's, it's a play on the word retard, which I also don't use. And most people don't use in their daily lives anymore. We've kind of moved past that, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah, except for in music. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, that's so, that's a different that's, that's a different that's spelling. Retard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They might even be changing that. From the I think they should. I think they should. <laughs> um. So so I was like, you know what? Let's take a let's let's use this word that has been used for so much damage, and let's like twist it up, and you know, and then also a word that's kind of has been used in some ways derogatorily for women and kind of reclaim these words. And I just mashed them together and we came up with libtards. So, um, so yeah, so it's a sketch comedy group uh, based around more, you know, liberal bend in point of view. And also, you know, obviously we're all female identifying people. And so we are talking about issues that affect us and that um, a lot of people are not um, acknowledging. So, uh, so yeah, so that's where all of our, sketch comedy is is kind of coming from these days i think matt ryan and i are going to start the all male version of it and, <laughs> and call it the snow fakes <laughs> not flakes but fakes for yeah. fake news because it's okay, fake perfect. news i love it i love it are you doing it from like the the right bent are you doing a satire oh, based on oh god no god no no <laughs> No, we live even in pretending to be. That I couldn't way. even pretend yeah, to be. I that know, it, it's hard. It's hard to even pretend. Yes. It's we crazy. also live in Arlington, Virginia, which may I remind you in the 2016 election, they were MSNBC was basically stationed out of North Arlington, which they called Clinton country. Um, <laughs> we were and still are in this kind of like, I think, you know, you see the random like person with like some kind of a red hat on and you're like, do you know where you are? You're going to yes. melt. Yes. You know? <laughs> Good. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Northern Virginia Nova is, um, I'm so happy that they're still, um, you know, blue. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a, a safe bubble to feel in, but anytime we start to drive South, like towards Winchester. <laughs> oh, yep. That's a, a, a reason I'm very glad that none of us had to be in college or living in Winchester during all that time. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Richmond's more of a a college town too, isn't it? Um, a li I mean, there's some, some, some. It's become more with VCU, like downtown especially, is definitely more overrun with like VCU and VCU has grown so much. So yes, there's a lot of liberal people here for sure. So, but there's, plenty of people that you know richmond's quite large so there's it's very purple um because there's a lot of rural areas as well a lot of farmland um so it just depends on what neighborhood you find yourself in honestly i love purple yeah purple's gorgeous um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's definitely got a lot of young blood here uh, because of because of VCU and of course there's the University of Richmond as well. But um, that's a little bit more, I would say on the conservative side. So I'm mindful of your time, Emily. I'm so happy you've joined us uh, for almost an hour now. I, I wanna know uh, what, what, do you, what do you see in your little crystal ball uh, coming up? I mean, I know we all feel like we're post COVID and then a show will yeah. shut down, you know? Totally. Um, what, what do you see in your little 
gazing ball of like, what's on the horizon for you? Yeah, well, you know, um, I feel really great about just where I am right now personally as well. Like I've just done a lot of work on, um, you know, my mental health and just kind of a personal healing journey. So um, I am feeling really good about life. <laughs> and also I've, I've really been working steadily. Um, I Oddly, uh, even though everything's a little bit crazy, um, you know, I've done quite a few, like I've done at least, I've done two shows in the last year and I'm about to go do, um, arena stage. I'm, I'm about to go do a play at arena. So I'm going to be in your, in your hood. What? Yes. I'm, I'm going to do a play called holiday. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm just about to, to head up there on Sunday. So I'm really excited. It's my, I know it's my first time working in arena and which is also kind of a full circle moment for me growing up in Virginia, visiting DC, going to Winchester, you know, it, we used to audition for all those places when we were in school, or at least I did. And, um, so, and I've always wanted to work in the DC area. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a crazy, a crazy tale, but I'm thrilled to be going and working there with such a, I mean, amazing theater and which with such a rich history and, um so i'm super i'm i'm thrilled i'm thrilled <laughs> do you know who's directing um yes i believe it is hang on one second i will tell you i think it's anita maynard lush yes it is that's who it is i love her yes. um I, i've worked there several times i yeah. know her very well um she's great that's like eight minutes from our house so we <laughs> have to like hook up Yes, I would love that. I would love to get drinks or, you know, take a walk in the city or whatever, whatever you guys do. I don't know what you do up there. <laughs> um, we, we, uh, we don't, we take boats on the Potomac. We do do that. Okay. We take That's boats okay. from Old Town Alexandria and we dress like Kardashians and okay. we take it to wherever we want to go. We're, and... we're extremely unrelatable people. <laughs> Um, and then we sometimes we eat babies in pizza parlors oh great you know. cool, cool, cool. well of course like you have to yeah but that's that's um an elitist. that's the lib that's i'm sorry that's the snowflakes take on it <laughs> um well emily i'm so excited you're gonna be in our neck of the woods we're gonna have to keep yeah. in touch and figure out uh when to hang and yeah. i i love that i love that uh <laughs> that things are going well for you and you seem to have such a multifaceted, multi-hyphenated uh, career going on and yeah. all the best continuing to you. And we hope we will see you soon around here. I hope so. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. Okay, we love you. We will see you soon. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. bye. Thanks so much, Emily, for joining us. I can't wait to see you when you get here to the arena stage. Oh, yeah. Um, and when you go downstairs, I don't know which theater you're in. If you're in the Fitch Handler, when you go downstairs, look right above, and there should be a light-up sign that says London Underground, and that's from Oliver, the last show I did there in 2015. Did you, did you like, sign in or something? No, they just keep little things and put them up, so... At any rate, kind of like us in our house. Keep little things, put them up. Yeah, they're fun to dust. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, 
so anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you in person. Um, if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can support us on Patreon under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Find us on the social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Same thing, same spelling. Uh, please join the Discord board. It's like social media for people who don't want to go on social media. Share your photos because I don't have pictures of all of you. Uh, so show people what you look like, you know, but only the people who join the Discord. Um, you can add to the late 90s Spotify playlist in the link in the description. And that's about all the adverts I have for you. Um, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Uh, Grill something out. Spend time with friends, family. Um, Stay hydrated. Eat something sweet. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. It's someone I follow on TikTok. Yeah. She says, stay hydrated. Eat something sweet. And what else does she say? Mm, I have to go back and look. That's a great story. Um, so have a great week. We're going to be back with a very special episodes next weekend. And ongoing um so there we have it uh have a great week everybody bye bye